Hello and welcome back. My name is Sam Powell, the pastor of First Reformed Church in Yuba City. Uh, this morning I'd like to continue talking a little bit about the fall and what happened. Uh, what happened when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, ate the fruit. First, there's a big question. Why, why did God get so angry over what seems like such a little thing? They simply ate the fruit. Um, other than the fact that God told them not to, it's helpful to remember that God filled the earth with many, many beautiful things, far beyond anything they could ask or think. Anything that we could even imagine today, the Garden of Eden had. They had plenty of everything. The only reason they would have had to take the fruit uh, was to express their hatred and their anger against God and wanting to usurp his place, as I said last week, become originals. Eve was deceived. Eve thought that perhaps that would be a faster way to wisdom and life than waiting for God, and so she was deceived by the serpent. But Adam went in with both eyes open. He knew what he was doing. He did it as a, an affront against God, knowing what he was doing, breaking with God and seeking to be an original himself. And thus God uh, cursed mankind, drove them from the garden, as we talked about last time, and the curse came upon the world. Uh, when God finished creating the heavens and the earth, we read in Genesis 2, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done and rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Uh, that word rest, in English it can mean uh, you're tired and so you're going to sit down to regain your uh, energy and your strength. Of course, God never gets tired. His power is infinite and almighty and he doesn't get tired. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. The word there, rest, that's used in the Hebrew then is a word that means to stop. He ceased. In other words, he ceased creating and entered into this place of ceasing. And it's given for our benefit because he, of course, God is still active continually in upholding uh, all heaven and earth and all creation. He's still, his infinite power is seen throughout the universe every time the sun rises. And yet, so for our benefit, there's this idea of God's rest and mankind, men and women, were created to enter into that rest. It's a picture that's used for us this idea of, uh, to use another Old Testament phrase, sitting under your vine and under your fig tree, uh, where you're sitting with friends, you're resting, there's no fear of enemies, there's plenty of wine, there's plenty of food, no one is stealing anything from you, and you're just sitting there at peace with your friends. It's a beautiful picture. We get tiny glimpses of it here on this earth. Um, but we don't have, we have that longing for the perfection. We have the longing to enter into God's rest, for that's how we were created. But when fellowship with God was broken, that rest was broken. And thus we see in the fall, after the fall, when God spoke to Adam and Eve, he said these words to them. He said to the serpent, uh, chapter 3, verse 14 of Genesis, So God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle 
And more than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Do you see now this great warfare? Rest is now disturbed. Now there's going to be conflict between this seed of the woman and seed of the serpent. Uh, what does that mean? Well, we're going to see that as we go through, as this is fleshed out throughout all of Scripture from the beginning to the end. Uh, because here, it's just the beginnings of this promise that one would come, this seed of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. And we'll see that imagery throughout the Old Testament until it's finally, of course, fulfilled in Christ. Uh, but let's go on. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Um, and to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eat, eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles you shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. There's a great deal of discussion on these verses because uh, they've been used to bring uh, bondage and uh, strife between the genders and all sorts of things, um, which is not really the point of this. The point of this passage is the disruption of rest. All of it. And I don't want to, this is just a podcast, so I don't want to get into the, all the details and spend hours on this, of which there are a bunch. I want to look at the big picture of toil and pain. And when he's talking to the woman, he says, in pain you shall bring forth children. That word can mean pain or toil. It's the exact same word translated toil in verse number um uh, in verse number uh, 16, where he says to the man, In toil you shall eat of the ground all the days of your life. So toil, hard labor, sweat of your face, difficulty, futility, enmity, is now not only between man and his wife, but also between man and creation, man on the ground, the women and uh, their... Uh, men and women together in all that they do. Now there's futility and heartbreak and pain and suffering and unrest. And we talked last time about longing. What we long for is peace. The Hebrew word shalom is the overcoming of everything that was brought into the world because of the curse. Shalom. Peace. More than peace if we understand what the nature of the war is, what the nature of the enmity is, then we understand the depth of this word peace. Because men and women are at war with each other, at war with their families, at war with their own bodies. I struggle with chronic illness, and I'm in a family that has chronic illness, and we know what it is to struggle. Like We feel like we're at war with our bodies. We're on two different teams. One team wants to get up and uh, go and dance all night, and the other team says, oh, I have to go to bed. I hurt all over. Um, and these two teams are constantly in conflict, uh, and we're at war with creation instead of uh, 
playing with the lambs and the lions and playing with the elephants and the tigers. Now there's enmity. There's enmity between the lions and the lambs and there's enmity between the serpents and the uh, humans and there's enmity between the wild beasts of the field. You don't go play with the polar bears and the grizzly bears and you don't do that because there's war now between creation and mankind. Men and women who were supposed to have dominion were now at war. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lamech said, when Noah was born, he called his name Noah, which means rest. And he says, this one will give us rest from all our toil. He saw something in Noah that would provide, of course, Jesus Christ came through the line of Noah. Noah would provide somehow rest, which all humanity longs for. But because the heart of our war is that we're at war with God, the only thing that will bring rest is the covenant of grace. And thus we have the story of grace. Jesus Christ came into the world to bring us rest from the labor of our hands, rest from our enemies, rest from the futility and toil and pain of life. He brings us rest. It begins with peace between us and God. As Paul says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But it will end with rest in our bodies, rest between us and creation, where the lion will lie down with the lamb and the little child will play with the den of adders. Ah, such beautiful pictures of Christ bringing us this rest. And so it was fitting when Jesus came into the world for him to heal the lame and open the eyes of the blind and open the ears of the deaf to do it on the Sabbath day. Because the Sabbath was given to remind us that it is God alone who sanctifies his people. We, because of the turmoil in the world, are doing everything we can to bring rest. We're trying to convince God to be at peace with us if we just offered bigger and bigger sacrifices. If we just did enough, if we just worked hard enough, if we just brought the right formula to God, then perhaps we can squeeze a blessing out of his tight-fisted hands. That's the theology of Cain, the theology of Balaam, the theology of Baal worship. And unfortunately the, unfortunately, the theology of much of what passes for Christendom today. Even our Sabbath day has become a cause for arguing with one another over what we are allowed and not allowed to do. And it's become a chore, a labor, uh, another heaping of guilt on us. For are we doing enough to rest on the Sabbath day? instead of a joy and a peace that God has given us rest. And this is the beginning of our everlasting Sabbath. We rest from our evil works by saying Christ has paid it all. There's no more condemnation. Everything else will work out when he comes again. But now we can rest. We don't have to work our fingers to the bone. Christ has come to give us rest. And so for now, dear ones, rest. Learn what it means to be at peace. And yes, you're going to have to plant your garden. You're going to have to go weed it. 
They're going to have to keep doing laundry. They're going to have to keep vacuuming the rug. All these things that we still do that become never-ending chores. The day is going to come when God will give us rest from the work of our hands. And our work in the new heavens and the new earth will be joyful and peaceful. But that age breaks through into this age when God has promised this rest that now that there's peace between us and God, our work, Jesus says, is no longer futile. It seems the same, <laughs> but it's no longer futile because not one drop of labor that we do on this earth will fall to the ground wasted because God loves us and he has given us rest. So today, rest. Walk in that peace. Amen. Amen.